Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Bane. Don't assume my gender. Friends since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no. The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. And so when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from doubters. Put in the stake in the shower, break a rim, big power, hour. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Rolling Sound is episode 430 A Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Of course, I am Brian Breaker, uh... Joining me as always, big underscore Bane as he rocks them switches. What's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. Episode four thirty, man. Yes, sir. Moving right along. We are almost too, almost too far along. Yeah, too far, too far. Um, how you feeling today, man? Feeling yeah, good? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Rocking and rolling. Yeah. I feel like you're you're in top level Bane Bane mode. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> like not even a little bit. Uh uh. Uh uh. Yeah. No. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was trying to like be like, yeah, I'm rolling. Bane's happening. I guess not. Not even a little bit. Oh, shit. Well, dude, we got a lot of wrestling talk this week. We got some movie talk. We got some toy talk. And we are wrapping up the 90s Telewar, the Nickelodeon edition. Yes. Did this tournament go like you were expecting? Uh, Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no real surprises. I, I was shocked at the finals, like who made it to the finals as far as Keenan and Kel goes. Dude, that was a good show, though. Like, it, I mean, it was, but I feel like there were better shows on the list. See, I disagree. As far as like sitcoms that Nickelodeon had, I'll be honest, and this is your call because you get to choose the next tournament. We could do a '90s Telewar Nickelodeon Part Two because there's a lot of shows we didn't touch on. Oh yeah, but I thought Keenan and Kel was great. Yeah, way better than all that. Oh yeah, well yeah, I'm not even questioning that. But I, I feel like, which I can't remember everything that was on there, but I feel like Doug was a better show. Okay. Um, I mean, but I mean, it, but it's animation to live action. That's kind of different genres too. Well, sure. But I mean, we have three game shows. Yeah. And those again are different. Yep. Um, let's see, let's go through the list. We had, uh, you're right. We did have a lot. We only had eight shows, so it's actually not as many as people probably think, but I'm going to pull it up right now. The nineties telewar. So we had, um, the only other live action sitcom we have was Clarissa explains it all. Yep. And I think Keenan and Kel was way better than Clarissa. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, even though they were both around the same time, Keenan and Kel is fresher on my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I can remember more from that show than I can Clarissa. Um, it was later, I think, because 
it was a, it was a couple of years at least after all that i feel like maybe it was um but i like that one to me like i i don't remember much about clarissa so i can't really say that it was better i just remember her it being in her bedroom yeah a most, lot yeah mostly it's like she'd have her friend come in through the window yep and that was really it which was pretty common through through those that era of sitcoms sure um but i I don't know. Like I, I always liked Clarissa explains it all, but that was probably due to the fact that I had a big crush on her as a kid. Sure. Um, but I, I don't know. I can't really say if that show was better than King of the Kill. I was like my brother and me. And that one doesn't get a lot of love. I don't even remember that one. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it was two brothers and like the older brother had a goofy friend. Yeah. And it really, I don't remember it having like a specific, this is what the show's about other than it's just kind of like family matters, like a okay. full house, just like a group of people in a house. And, you know, the, the, you know, I think it was the uh, buddy. It was always kind of getting them into hijinks. I mean, it's a little bit like smart guy too. Right. I mean, yeah. it's all kind of the same type of format. Yep. Which we could do a nineties tell we're on Disney show. Yeah. Actually. Like what would be <clears throat> someone you'd put on there? Uh, you know, smart guy, sister, sister. Sure. Um, was that Disney? Pretty sure. Maybe it was, Maybe it was ABC. That's that's a that's a Disney like yeah. subsidiary. So, but was it back then though? Was it in the nineties? I feel like it was ABC. Maybe it was because technically, I think Boy Meets World was ABC. Yeah, which that's Disney. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on how you look at it. Even Stevens was des- definitely Disney yeah. Channel. Kim Possible, sure. Which was Kim Possible nineties or was that early two? I feel like that was nineties. That had to have been nineties, late nineties probably. Yeah. But I mean, I remember SpongeBob. I thought for sure was '90s, and it was like '99. Yeah, it was mostly 2000s. It started like '99. Um, famous Jet Jackson is one of my favorites from the yeah. Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, yeah, he played Silverstone, but yeah. trying to be a regular kid. You know? Yeah, that was where I learned uh, that pineapple did go on pizza. Um, there was a lot of good shows back in those days. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, a lot of good kid shows for sure. Yeah, even Steven certainly launched Shia LaBeouf. I mean, for sure. Yeah, and that one, that one was a wild one too. Because I actually had a big crush on Rin too. She has a podcast now. Yeah, she does. I follow her on TikTok as well. Yeah, that's why I've seen the the clips. I guess she actually, I don't want to say went broke, but like she spent all of her money. Spent all of her money, and that's kind of I guess what part of the show's about. Which she's still very attractive. I agreed. Yeah, yeah. She's actually in a holiday film that I watched on Netflix or something. Or Hulu a couple oh, of years really? ago. Yeah. Yeah. Any good? Eh, I mean, pretty what? much what you would think it would be. Run of the mill Christmas movie. Bingo. But no, I mean, there's a lot of those types of shows, but I think also it depends on the era. Cause I'm sure there's like a whole genre of Nickelodeon shows that are after our era. Oh, Cause yeah. we also didn't touch on like Alex Mack. Remember that? Oh yeah. Pete and Pete. Yep. And oh my gosh, there's so many didn't we didn't do Nick Arcade that wasn't on there. Yep. I mean, there's a lot. Yep. There's a there's a honestly, we could probably do 32 Nickelodeon shows, but that oh, would be yeah. a very long tournament. Yep. Which did we didn't we do 32 the first time we did that or was it 16? It was 32, yeah. but it was also not Nickelodeon. It was like just, just 90s just in general. But it had a lot of Nickelodeon yeah. influence obviously cuz we were Remember Wienerville where they were like puppet people? Yeah, that was a weird one. That was a very weird one. <laughs> very weird one. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. It's good times. Uh, we'll get some wrestling talk. Why do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them, buying energies. Well, listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. 
Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. Well, Stone Cold's making some news. Uh, about to have a new guest on uh, the Broken Skull Sessions. Yep. One only Cody Rhodes. We all saw this one coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is coming up, I guess, a week from, uh, well, today as we record this on Friday. So yeah, about five days from when this drops. This seems um, like it was, it was bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have rushed this one, too. I don't know, because he hasn't been back with the company that long. Uh, what do you think, man? I, I think well, I think you're right. They're they're rushing it because it's topical. Well, they're trying to keep his relevancy alive too. You know what I mean? Um, because I, I feel like it hasn't it hasn't kept eyes on WWE. You know him him being there week to week. I think I think attention span of fans are different now. I don't think we as a as fans. I mean, and I I'm speaking for myself. I don't know. Maybe other people are different. I don't think. Monday Night Raw is destination television. No. Anymore. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people will, and I know a lot of people have given Tony Khan crap for his constant booking of crazy street fights and things like that. But realistically. And major announcements. Yeah, but realistically, you need a little bit of chaotic booking these days. No, uh, yeah, Be- I mean. Because people's attention spans are short. So, like, if, if you know something that's going to have some crazy spots is going to happen, you're going to be more likely to tune in. Whereas WWE, it's like, well, their main event was a, you know, um, randomly put together six man tag. You yeah. know what It's like, okay, you know, that's no, well, cool, that's, but it, well, right. But that's a good point in that. What does that do? That gets the people that are already watching yes, to continue to watch, but it doesn't be like, Oh, holy shit. Like, right. Who, look who showed up. Look who did this. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if they were to have, you know, like a, a friggin' steel cage match, you know, randomly you know what i mean like that would i feel like that would put more eyes on it or you know just a hell hell in a cell match or just an extreme rules match on a monday you know what i mean like and and i think there's there's something to be said about like what you were saying with with tony khan doing the uh some type like almost like a what what new crazy thing can we do this week and they're they're mostly the same matches it's usually some kind of street fight or an extreme match but i mean like i've heard someone say this like what's the difference between a no holds barred no dq and a street fight they're all the same (laughs) it's all the same shit you know they generally call them street fights or death matches on AEW. um but yeah hardcore no dq no holds barred it's all the same shit yeah it's just different names yeah jr would say it's as legal as a headlock yeah yeah i mean that and i think that's kind of the wrestling industry that we're in we have been in it's all kind of the same stuff and so like I never really thought last man standing matches were all that exciting simply yeah. because you have to wait on the 10 count. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's kind of boring, yeah. you know, and, and you know, they're getting up, right. Like, you know, right. And it's just like, of course he's getting up. Like he didn't, he didn't knock him through two tables that were on fire, you know? Yeah, of course. Give me a two out of three falls where the second and third matches are different stipulations. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, and I think too, um, we live in an era now where I think sometimes less is more. Yeah. Um, and and I first realized that honestly with like the Netflix formula of mm-hmm. of television, Netflix averagely does what ten to twelve episodes a season. Yeah, network television we've always gotten used to twenty two, twenty two to twenty four, right? Yep. And and most of the time I think it's easy to think oh quantity better than quality. Yeah, because I want more of this, but some of those episodes are going to lag. Some of them aren't going to be as good. Yeah, and with Netflix. There's times where there's shows, like, even if it's, like, 13 episodes, like, my God, this is dragging, you know? Well, because they'll have episodes that are over an hour long. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, could have wrapped this up 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. I agree. So, I think sometimes in that less is more mentality, a three-hour Raw doesn't sound very exciting to watch. 
No, it definitely. I mean, and how do you keep somebody entertained for three hours? You I don't think I mean? you do. Like that's unless it's a pay per view. You know what I mean? But even then, you know, there's usually some down points in the pay per views. Sure. Well, and I watched WrestleMania this year. I watched both nights, and uh, you know, I'll be honest. I don't watch <clears throat> wrestling as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the AEW pay per views when those come on, and I'm usually entertained by those. Um, and there might be a, an occasional thing here or there. I thought about ordering some GCW pay per views just to see, like, what are what are these about? Yeah, I really haven't done that yet. Done that yet, but watching the WWE ones, there's like. I know WrestleMania backlash is coming up. Yep. I have like zero interest to watch that. Yeah. I don't really, I don't even know what's going on on that one. Um, I mean, they're, they're doing a little, like a couple of things that are interesting to me. Um, you know, they're kind of teasing RK bro split up, but they're like teasing it to where riddle is going to turn, which I I think is great. Elevate him a little bit. Sure. But I mean, other than that, there's really not much that's exciting to me right now with that. I mean, Again, like Cody Rhodes coming to WWE was like fantastic, mm-hmm. but they haven't done much to keep me interested since he's shown up. Have you noticed WWE does a lot of rematches? I've noticed yeah. that over the last few years to where it's like, okay. You'll see the same guy fight like four times before they fight in the big match. Literally, I think Cody and Seth is booked for WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah. We literally just saw that. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, do something different. Yeah. Revisit that in six months. I don't know. Like, there's something about that that I think is just boring. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, it's yeah. like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in the Attitude Era, feuds ended and began quicker. And yeah. I understand, like, they're trying to, you know, make it a long haul. But Well, but and how many more people were in the mix of those feuds? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could see The Rock feuding with four guys at one time. Sure. You know, and I think that was what was so fun about that era is there were so many guys who were just feuding with everybody, and they it was like one versus all for everybody, you know? I remember one pay-per-view. I think it was No Mercy 2000. Triple H was in a big feud with Kurt Angle. This is right when Kurt Angle kissed Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And... That pay-per-view is when Kurt Angle beats The Rock for the title. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle wins number one contender. Triple H wants to kill Kurt Angle still. Yeah. But he and Chris Benoit ends up beating the piss out of him backstage. And so they wrestle on the pay-per-view. But there's no point where you're like, well, why isn't Triple H wrestling Kurt Angle? It's like, no, I get it because this guy just kicked his ass. So now at the pay-per-view, they're going to fight. But then it's like, they don't drag this out for three months. Right. It's a, and it's a pay-per-view match that I think is people want to see, right? Especially yeah. at that time. But then... You go right back to where you were. Yeah. But it gets Kurt Angle the title match. It gives The Rock somebody to work. Yep. So you get some fresh matches. And I think there's something important about that because I know when I would go to the video store and I turn the back of the, the box over, what are the matches? Yeah. If it's the same shit you've already seen, why, why are you watching that? Why are you renting that? Right. Or in this case, why are you even watching it to begin with? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Um, but with Cody Rhodes being on Broken Skull Sessions, I think the idea of this is to capitalize on the fact that he left AEW. Do you think he's been pretty kind about his time there mm-hmm. and like everything's positive, but you don't leave if things are great, right? Yeah. I mean, whether it's creative, it's money. Do you think there's, do you think there'll be some, uh, some, st- some stones thrown on this one? I think he'll, uh, I think he'll drop some bombshells, but I think he'll do it in a way that, um, you know, you have to interpret it. You know what I mean? A little bit like he's I don't think he's Stone Cold will dig in with questions, though, sometimes. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think Cody is going to say anything negative or derogatory towards people because you never know if he's going to need to go back there. Um, but I do think he'll probably be honest, but he'll probably sugarcoat it mm-hmm. a little bit. Is what I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Do you plan to watch it? 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually watched the Bubba Ray Dudley. One that was a good too. one. That was a really good one, and it kind of actually gave me a lot more respect for Bubba Ray Dudley. I mean, which you know, following people on Twitter, you know, you kind of end up losing respect for a lot of people, and he was one of those guys. But watching that, it kind of, I don't know. He said a lot of things. That I was like, oh, makes sense, you know. I think he got a lot of heat on the John Moxley comment a few months ago. Well, that was one of them. But like, he, there's a lot of things he says where I'm just like, oh, what an idiot, you know. I haven't noticed a lot on Twitter. I don't even know if I follow him, though. But that one, I remember thinking, like, oh, dude, that's not a good take. I get a lot of suggested tweets for wrestling. Like, yeah. it's people that I don't even follow. And a lot of times, it's it's. I'm him. hoping Elon Musk changes that, where you get all these crappy tweets of, like, people you don't even follow. I've, and it's gotten, like, I've gotten, like, nothing but Elon Musk tweets the past three or four days. Well, I'm yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. Um, I did I did see the the funny one about the McDonald's ice cream machine. I did not see that one. Where he was, like... It was a tweet like, uh, next Elon Musk is going to buy a McDonald's so that he can fix all the ice cream machines. Yeah. And he put like, there's not enough money for that or something. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Yeah. But you no, know, but I think with, with any social media, I'm noticing it with Instagram too, where I get a lot of like, because you watch this here, then it's like, no, there's a reason I follow who I follow. Right. It's that, that aspect of social media is annoying. And with, and with Bubba Ray, I've always thought. He came off well in interviews until yeah. more recently when he would throw those opinions out there. It's like, ooh, that's not a good take. Like, and, and most of the time, that's on his show. Yeah, and so it could be one of those things where he's just trying to draw attention. It's Cornette, right? And which makes sense, but at the same time, like I, I've, I've always been more of the mindset, just be honest, like how you really feel. If yeah. it's not, you know, right, it doesn't grab attention. It doesn't grab attention. Well, I've never, I've never, I'm Punk made a, and I think that's what he was alluding to because Punk made a point to address the fact that like if that if that bothered you that i left you know not mm. i'm sorry but like yeah i hope you're not upset more or right. less i think that's what he was alluding to but i never looked at punk thinking like you didn't know anyone an explanation you that, were you were in pain you were hurting yeah he never i don't think punk ever should have apologized no i mean that would be like saying cody owes the entire aew fan base and apology no he doesn't or the wwe fan base an apology for leaving and starting a new company right yeah yeah i mean if if, if moxley owes an apology for leaving to go get help does he owe all the wwe fans an apology for no longer being dean ambrose right of course not yeah. it's it's a take and i and like you said it i think it's a way to draw attention but with that being said i think cody rhodes on the broken skull sessions this will be probably about as big as like when taker was on where it's like ooh. I want to see that. Yeah, for sure. And some of the guests, like I know Jeff Hardy, I was like, oh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Ron Simmons, that'll be fun. But those weren't like. Must see. Yeah, yeah. they were cool for what they were, but they're like, oh, that's okay. That's fine. But yeah. I think this one will be a big one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Mustafa Ali shows back up on Monday Night Raw. I, I kind of forgot about him. I knew he asked for his release a long time ago. Never got it. Never got it. And, uh, you know, kind of things went by the wayside. Then there he shows up again. What do yeah. you think about this, man? Dude, I'm excited for him, man. I, I love Mustafa Ali on and off camera. I mean, dude's a great guy as an individual and as a performer, he's fantastic. So I'm excited yeah, for him. But what if he? But he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, but but I I think that I think bothers he, me. I think he didn't want to be there because he wasn't given a fair shake. Sure. Well, that's in yeah, of course. But if they can give him a fair shake, I think he might find happiness in it. Maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. But, it's that's that's hard to say. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I'm not a big fan of like when they were releasing a hundred guys and they tell one guy like, "No, we're gonna keep you." It's like, well, come on, what the hell. I think they realize with him he can and probably should be a star. They just didn't know how to present it yet. Yeah, I feel like he's one of those guys where it's like they've tried and it didn't work and then they tried, but they don't really fully invest. Well, 
So the Kofi mania spot, I fully believe that that was his spot. Yeah, I do too. Because he got injured and that's when Kofi stepped in. So dude, that was like 2018. Yeah, that was that 2018 or 2019. They like that whole push that Kofi got. I'm pretty positive. That was supposed to be his because they were doing exactly the same thing with him. And then Mm -hmm. he got injured. I thought that too. And then Kofi stepped in. So it could, it could very well be that maybe now they're going to finally give him that push. I wonder what derailed it all that time. Was it just timing of the injury? I think so. And then at the when he came back, you know, all the spots were filled again. And so Hey, we're gonna have you run the uh run ret- retribution. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And and then that whole thing was an obvious flop from the very get go. Um, and then they had nothing for him. But they were probably honestly they probably got pissed off that he asked for his release. Sure. Because they knew that they wanted to utilize him and the fact that he wanted to release probably just pissed them off. So they're like, no, you're just going to sit on, sit on it. You know what I mean? Well, I think they're also seeing people do for the most part, well outside of WWE and not everybody, but a lot of people are. Yeah. Moxley's done very well for himself. Danielson has done well for himself. FTR. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just the, the AEW. Like look at Matt Cardona, how well he's done yeah. outside of WWE. So I think, has anybody done better than Matt Cardona outside of WWE? I mean, honestly, I don't think so. I, I mean, mean, for a guy that's more or less kind of, I mean, he, granted, he's like in companies, but he's also like very independent. Well, that's just it. I mean, you could sit there and say Moxley, you know what I mean? Or any of those guys, but they're contracted with another company. I feel like Matt Cardona is the only guy like who works for other companies, but he, he's mostly on his own. Yeah. I mean, that dude is, that dude is a success. It, this is going to sound mean. He doesn't come across smart, but he's a sharp guy, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Do you not agree with that? No, I 100% agree. And some people present themselves as dumber than what they are for the gimmick. Oh, yeah. I mean, that like it just kind of is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of smart business because it kind of makes you more lovable. Right. And, and I think with, with him, I know, I know there's a lot of podcast drama there for a while. It seems all to be gone now, which is for the best, but... No, I mean he's. I think he's a guy that I could see WWE swooping him back up at in in time mm-hmm. and realizing like, oh, we can make this guy a star. Yeah, kind of like they did with Cody. But it's weird. It's like this has always been there. I don't know why you didn't try this beforehand. Yeah, you know. But who's to say? Uh, CM Punk, Hangman Adam Page officially set. I, I assume as the main event for Double or Nothing coming up, which seems to be their flagship pay per view. I don't know if it technically is or not, yeah. but. That seems to be the uh, the the flagship one. Uh, do you think this is the night Punk wins the title? I don't know. I feel like if he does, that's kind of a short reign for Hangman. It is. Um, do you know what I think happens? What's that? I think Kenta costs him the title. I'd be one hundred percent down. Because the that. next pay per view will be that Forbidden Door. Has 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 AEW had a finish like that yet, where somebody has disrupted a title match and costed a DQ? Man, I'd have to. Well, I mean that's. Doesn't have to be a DQ. I mean, like he could refs down. He comes out, hits CM Punk with the go to sleep. Okay, but I mean, well, but I mean, have they had a DQ finish like that though? Like on a, on a big money match? I don't know. Have they? I don't think so. Which I don't like those. You know what I mean? Like I think it's okay when it sets up the next one. I yeah, well, right. But like, you know, jaded WWE fan. Like I feel like when they do that, it's a cheap out. You know what I mean? Like for a DQ finish. Well, it, but it's not a DQ. It, it'll be a finish. It's, right. it's a fuck finish. Right. Or right. No, I mean, I'm saying like when they, when it is a DQ, like in matches, in scenarios where they do do a DQ. 
Oh, finish. yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah. I've never been a fan of, like, a count out or a double count out. On TV, it's fine. Right, but a big money match, I always felt like that's a screwy finish. Yeah, so um, I don't know, though, but, like, this punk just lose clean to hangman i don't know i mean i mean i don't i feel like if he does that really sets hangman up to be like one of the greatest champions in AEW history yeah but i feel like if he because he's already beaten uh daniel bryan yeah twice yeah and he beat omega yeah for the title yeah so i mean he's he's already solidified himself as a good champion by beating those guys yeah, but I don't feel like he's looked at as the top, top guy either. No, he's not. But this one specifically, it seems like to me, like when you see Eric Al Punk's winning. Yeah. But if they do something to where they set up, and it doesn't even have to be like Kenta hits him, it could be a distraction. And sure. You know, he just comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, how do you not book that for Forbidden Door? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be it, right? Yeah. And, and I feel like that's the money match, you know? Well, I mean, and I know that, like, honestly, you could book Punk against Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, any of those top guys, and it would be good. But that's yeah. the one that's like, ooh. Yeah. They never pulled this off. Because I think Kenta signed with WWE after Punk left, didn't he? Yep. I mean, like, they did not interact at all. And I don't, and I think when Kenta showed up in AEW, Punk wasn't there yet. Yeah. So it's like they've never interacted. And yeah. this has been a, an ongoing thing for, what, over a decade? Oh, yeah. It's money. Yeah. And I just think... The fact that Kenta comes in, hits him with the move that he invented that Punk stole yeah. and cost him the title, that's money. Yeah. I mean, it's built-in heat, built-in long-term storytelling, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the idea of Forbidden Door is kind of fun. Yeah. If it's done right. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering, like, will we see AEW title matches? Will we see New Japan title matches? I hope so. I don't know, but I just don't, I don't want it to be just matches. Like I do want them to set up stories for most everybody. Well, and that's why I think this would be good because yeah. now you have a feud based on a, a, a match we've wanted to see for years. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and then like Samoa Joe's there, like he's a guy that's like, I kind of forget he's there. Cause it's, and I, and I, I don't mean that like disparagingly. It's just like, Oh yeah. Samoa Joe's there too. He's he, already the world ring of honor world TV champion. I know. And that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I think it's great what, what they're doing, but it's just like, and I guess that was the one title he never won in ring of honor too. So it kind of puts him in that grand slam. Ring of oh, honor. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Cause he was like the pure champion yeah. and he was the world champion, but never the TV champion. But I don't think that was there when he was there. I could be, I could be wrong on that, but what is the, what is the pure champion? What is, what is the rules behind that? So it it went away for a little bit. They unified it back in the late 2000s, like 2007 or 8, mm-hmm. with the world title. But when it was there in 06, when I would watch, and it may have changed, I thought it was great. The pure title meant it was like pure wrestling. Mm-hmm. So no 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 uh, no close fists, no illegal strikes whatsoever. Okay. You have three rope breaks. So if you get locked in a hold, that's a rope break. Okay. If you get to the ropes. If you throw a punch and the referee sees it, you get taken away a rope break. Ah, so after you you lose three, if you get locked in a sharpshooter or something, doesn't matter. Yeah, you just got to figure out a way to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was kind of a fun idea. Yeah, it really is. It's a little hard to follow, I would imagine, like mm-hmm. in if you're in live audience or even through commentary, because it's a little convoluted. Well, and you'd almost have to really pay attention to the ref, too. Yes. Because I'm sure he's probably vocally communicating. That's one rope break. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, but I thought it it... it added a completely different like landscape. Absolutely. To, 
to the to the matches and so i thought that was kind of a fun idea and i was like oh it's a pure title okay so it's like pure wrestling yeah and um i dig that idea but also too like what a better way to get heat referee goes down and you clock a dude with the face yeah just a just a punch that's all it is but you know it's kind of like uh that was i guess it was cowboy bill watts philosophy no you can still come off the top rope you just have to distract the ref yeah it's like okay i get what you're saying but like that's not as exciting as like you know, someone doing a 450 splash, you know, as their right. finish or whatever. But right. Um, but no, I, I think uh, Punk and Hangman will be a fun match, and we'll, I'm sure we'll see the rest of the uh, Double or Nothing card soon. Absolutely. I will say this about AEW now. I, it's, I don't even realize Cody's not there. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like they have enough stars and enough talent that it's not like, oh, man, what's Cody Rhodes doing? I feel like uh, Omega hasn't even really been missed. No. I, mean, I think it'll be big when he comes back. Yes, but I mean, like they they had plenty of guys to fill those spots, mm-hmm. and so I think that's I think that is one benefit to having so many stars on your roster. Sure, absolutely. Not to mention so many guys like uh, Malachi Black. Yeah, the second you want to elevate him, he's yeah. the top guy. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, scary incident at a live event uh, this week. We saw a rope break and with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley took a pretty bad tumble out of the ring. I guess he's okay. Yeah. This is the second time this has happened to Drew McIntyre. I remember it happening at a live event in like 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, never happened to me. I've never had a rope break. but Well, I have, but not while I was hitting it like that. Scary, though. Yeah, yeah. That was, so for that like one or two months where I actually got in the ring, that was like my biggest fear was the rope breaking while I was trying to run the ropes. Yeah. Because <laughs> like that, that would terrify me if that happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you're, you're leaned back. There's, you're kind of at the mercy of, the construction of people that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> right, yeah. So it, it can be a scary thing. Um, this is the second time it's happened to Drew. That's got to make him a little nervous. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd kind of get to the point where I was thinking somebody was trying to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what part actually broke because the rope in WWE is an actual rope if people don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's stretched out and taped. But then you have like the metal turnbuckle pieces. They're all put together. How that breaks, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I don't know what part actually broke on there, but it sure as hell did. Yeah. Scary, scary stuff. Glad I'm just glad Bobby's okay. I mean, dude's a machine, so. Well, yeah. I mean, but I mean, that could have, li- I mean, the way he fell out of the ring, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that, that could have ended his career. Yeah, very, very scary stuff. I think it goes to show, like, like I always try to tell people, like, pro wrestling is entertainment, but, like, things happen. Point, t- you know, case in point here. Yeah, there are real risks involved. Yes. <laughs> scary stuff. Uh, the Iconics have made some news this week. Apparently, they're taking a break from the wrestling industry. Yeah. Maybe pursuing acting or something. What do you think about that? Okay. I mean, I, you know, good on them trying try new avenues. I'm yeah. totally cool with that. I, I am too. I think it's good, but it kind of sucks because I think uh, they left WWE and, like, I know they're an impact, but I don't hear about them anymore. Yeah. They were the impact uh, knockout tag team champions, um, which, you know, was, was great. I was kind of hoping for an AEW run. I think they are probably two of the most entertaining females mm-hmm. currently uh, in professional wrestling. Like, I was really shocked WWE got rid of them. I was too because uh, you know it, I, I I I can't speak on the wrestling ability. I mean they weren't. I feel like they weren't the best, but I didn't think they were terrible. No, but like as far as entertainment aspect, when they would cut promos, when they would just do the backstage segments, they were one of the funniest group two women that were there. Well, and yeah, and they were very attractive. Well, of course, they were Australian, which is unique. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. I, I never got why 
why they were. I mean, I don't, I don't know if keeping international talents more expensive. I imagine it is. Maybe. And so that might be a factor there. I'm not sure. But but I also feel like anytime you go to Australia, you have a built-in star. And, of course, you know, when they got released during the COVID era, maybe they were thinking, like, well, we're not going back to Australia anytime soon. Right. And that could be a factor. I don't know. But, yeah, um, I think good on them for if, if they're not happy doing what they're doing. Yeah. Go do something else. Absolutely. Um, we got a little bit of movie and TV talk. What do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. This is Breaker and Bane up at the movies, yeah. This is Breaker and Bane up at the movies, yeah. All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? All right, tell you what we got now. Big underscore Bane. Uh, news coming in this week from Dark Side of the Ring. Apparently not renewed for a fourth season. Dang. So we may have seen the last of Dark Side of the Ring. What do you think about that, man? Uh, I'll be honest. I kind of think it's time. I actually do, too. I felt like with uh, the, the third season, they kind of done pissed everybody off, you know. Yep. It, it was it was probably time. Well, and, and there was there was like one or two episodes. like uh, Not that they weren't good episodes, but they stretched out a minute and a half video to a 45-minute documentary. Mm. It's like didn't really need to be that long you know like uh, i think of like the uh the slap uh where homeboy slaps the reporter see that was actually one of my favorite episodes it was a great episode but it's like that was 45 minutes of like a minute clip Mm -hmm. and it's like wow to be fair though they they did touch on like what he did after what he did before you know hogan choking out richard belser which was like that's a good point Mm -hmm. why didn't he get in trouble yeah like you know and granted like even Jim Cornette said, you know, Hogan's a golden goose. He could have shot him and he wouldn't have gotten well, fired. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things of how the business works, I guess. But mm-hmm. no, I agree with that. I do know, um, and I don't think it's the same two guys, but Vice did a dark side of the nineties series as well. And I watched that and initially I was really into it because they yeah. did they did different episodes over one over Colts, one over Beanie Babies. Mm-hmm. Um and they did one that was just over the internet. Yeah. The birth of the internet. I'm like, dude, that's interesting. Can't wait to watch it. It was all about pets.com. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's not the internet. Yep. That's a internet website that I don't ever go to. So yeah. I don't know. Like I, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it was a, that, that whole thing. I, I remember it fell off pretty quick for me. The dark side of the nineties. I was just like, Ugh, okay. Yeah. And I kind of wonder with WWE doing the biography series now, cause I guess there's a bunch more of those planned. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're kind of like, don't go there. Don't go, don't use them. You yeah. know, so like I do I, our own thing. I watched. Um, I I think sometimes these documentary series can just overstay their welcome. Yeah. Like I there I, I got Shutter now and I started rewatching. Um, they had this documentary series called Cursed Films where it's like oh yeah it's on Poltergeist and stuff right yeah and well they just released season three and like the first episode was really good I can't remember what movie it was about um, but then like the second and third and now even the fourth movie that they've talked about in this third season i've never even heard of these and like one of them is like a foreign film and it's like okay well right you want to talk about the movies that you know right and it's like if you're having to dig this deep maybe it's just time to call it quits do they talk about three men and a baby uh, i don't think i don't think they have talked but they talked about wizard of oz that was the first episode in the third season uh the whole dead munchkin or whatever yeah well but, three men and a baby is a hoax that's been pretty well proven yeah. that it's a hoax but to me, that's worth discussing and, yeah. and where it came from, who found, you know what I mean? Because it, yeah. if you watch that clip, it's like, holy shit, that looks like a ghost. Yeah. You know? Well, there was, there were so many things about the wizard of Oz that was actually quite shocking. Um, 
there was like there was a whole thing about the mistreatment of the munchkins on there um the little people that were involved that yep. like they they were mistreated didn't the tin man's face paint give him cancer the, well the original guy yeah and then he had to I, I believe he got replaced because of that um and then there was actually one flying witch flying scene where like the witch was like like i'm not doing that because they actually had like to light the broom thing on fire and she's like i'm not doing that and um oh yeah well they had the stunt girl do it and i think it blew up while she was writing it good god yeah and so there was like a whole bunch of just crazy stuff that happened on that set and they said they were using theater lights and you and i both know from drama those theater lights are hot as hell well, like they had like so many of them that they were just all like sweltering the entire time that they were filming in. And so like guys like the tin man were, was just like miserable because it's like a tin suit with like all these beaming hot lights on them. And it's like, ugh. well, I heard, um, what's his face? Who's the new Spider-Man? Tom Holland. Yeah. I guess when he filmed the first Spider-Man, the homecoming one, mm -hmm. I guess he had talked to his mom on the phone and you know, he's a young kid. He's probably 19 at the time. Sure. And I guess he kind of told her, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of rough, but I, I didn't get to go to the bathroom for like 13 hours today because I had the suit on and I couldn't take it off. And he's just thinking he's having a conversation. So I guess she took it upon herself to call the studio. Oh, no. Like, give him a bathroom break. Yeah. And so the next day, they're like, hey, Tom, if you ever need to go to the bathroom, just let us know. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he, doesn't, like, he doesn't know, like, where that's coming from. Right, yeah. But, but, I mean, like, that's it's one of those things sometimes maybe if you're a producer – you're just trying to get your shots done. You're not thinking about it. Right. You're not thinking like, maybe that actor's like miserable right now for 13 or 14 hours. I'm just saying if I was in that position and I had to go to the bathroom, I'd be like, hey, boss, I got to think of shit. You yeah. Know? If you want this suit ruined, let's keep filming. Right. You know? Of course. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's like if you're at a stranger's house and you have to take a shit, you don't want to do it. Right. You know? You're like, oh, God. But, yeah. like, you know, at the same time, you don't want to. If I had to, I had to. Right, though. exactly. Because it's either that or I'm like farting up a storm the entire time. Yeah, if you have to, you have to. But if you can <clears throat> hold it, you will. Right. And so that may have been a situation. I just thought that was funny. But yeah. But with Dark Side of the Ring, I think what they've done is good. I think, you know, they've highlighted a lot of things I didn't know, like UWF I didn't know about. Right. Um, and then little things I did know. It's like the XPW episode. They, they, they do a lot of stuff there. Yeah. But I do know, like, there was a lot of... And then I kind of wonder if maybe Vice is like, yeah, hey, you probably got us almost potential lawsuits with like Flair and people like that. And Flair to this day claims that that didn't happen. Don't know who's to say. It sounds like Flair. Yeah. But we weren't there. Well, and how many people have forgotten about that by now? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's like kind of dead news. Right. And so it's it's one of those things where at a certain point, like, okay, like, the dark, maybe it's too dark for us because we're still wrestling fans. Like, let's yeah. keep it a little bit lighter. Like, the Brawl for All episode was fun to me. Right. Granted, there were some sad moments, but overall, it was it was a fun episode. I would much prefer stuff like that. Well, yeah, me too. And that one, that one to me was so much more interesting because it, like, made me realize, like, damn, Bart Gunn should have gotten a better shake in WWE after that. It was almost like they didn't expect him to win. Yep. And then he did. And now it's like, oh, screw you. We're going to bury you because you did. Yeah. Because you actually kicked everybody's ass. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, I, how do you not make that guy your big star? Well, and they even said on there that, that whoever won that would get a run with Austin. And I'm like, yeah, Bart Gunn would be, to me, he's super, he was already believable. Yeah. If he got the right push, which this was it. Yeah. Now you're like, oh shit. Like all they had to do is like have him hit that left hand, a working left hand on Austin, knock him out. Like, oh shit. Yeah. This guy's legitimate. Yeah. And I heard, dude, you know, what everyone was saying is Bart Gunn was like one of the nicest guys in the world. He was super reliable. To me, that's what you want in yep. a star. 
you've done something to take all these undercard guys. You made a star, but wasn't what you wanted, so now we're going to bury him. Dream Dark Side of the Rita Ring episodes that we never got. Ooh, that's good. That's a good one. Um, Sunny. Oh yeah, but that's like a work in progress, right? That's still happening. Yeah, that's a, that's a story still happening. My for me, China is one. Yeah, we never got a China for sure. I would actually like an episode just because he's kind of came back into relevancy for me. Uh, Buff Bagwell. I would like a episode yeah. on Buff Bagwell. Oh, um, for sure. And and I would like. To, I would have liked for a, a big portion of that to be talked about his very short lived WWF run. Of course. Um, because, One day. Yeah. Because that whole story to me is there's so many like, dude, I'm telling you it, it was, it was a office season three fire someone the first day. Yeah, and he's, he's one of those guys. I feel like he really should have gotten a better, a better opportunity there. I know he wasn't the greatest in the ring, but he looked the part. He had charisma. He had so much damn charisma. And I feel like, especially early on when they kind of like did the WWE versus WCW. Yeah. Like they incorporated ECW because WCW had no names. It was like yeah. DDP and Booker T. That but was he it. was a name. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so if you throw him in there, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. And Buff Bagwell, like, say what you will. I know he was always kind of the sidekick to like Scott Norton or Scott Steiner. But like if you would have taken a month just to like let him become a big WWF name, he could have been a success. No, I think so. I think you're right. I mean, Cello's making a new Buff Bagwell figure. Yeah. I don't know if you know that or not, but um, no, I think Buff Bagwell is one of those guys where he wasn't the greatest in the ring, but a lot of guys aren't. Right? I think... Well, and I th- I still think of, and and this might be a hot take, I hope not, but like I still think of that era Scott Steiner. Yeah. He wasn't that great. Like he wasn't what he was five to ten years ago. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like five to ten years ago, he was badass. Oh, doing like the Frankensteiner and shit. Yeah, but like that era where like late two thousand or early two thousands. Yeah, he was totally different guy. Yeah, he was just posing and yeah. dropping elbows and push ups. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, and I I agree with that. I think I do think it was a case in point of like we need to fire someone to show them we mean business, yeah. and that's what it was. But God, why him? <laughs> there were so many other guys well, that I, they brought I, in. I've heard him say that uh i know jr said something about like he had couldn't get permission from his mama or something like his mom that. called in sick for him one time yeah that's what it was and um buff has said that that's not true yeah and someone's lying i don't know like it's it's a little weird right like right. why would jim ross make that up yeah but why would you know i don't know but why so, would that happen to begin with he probably had some type of internal heat that no one really knew that's kind of what I think. And so it's one of those things. All it takes is like one slip up. Like he talked to the camera. His mom called in sick for him. Yeah. Let's let this guy go. You know, I don't know. And that's one thing I've always hated about WWE is they didn't really like people talking into the camera and they still really don't. I know a couple people do it, but I've always loved that about WCW. Cena's always done it on his entrance. Well, I know, but like for the most part, most guys can't get away with it. Um, but like WCW, like everybody talked into the camera. And I loved that. I thought that I was love great. Booker T's promos in the camera. Oh, me too. When he was in Harlem Heat and stuff. Yeah. That was great. Eddie Guerrero did it. Yep. A lot of the other guys did it, you know. So I don't think it's a bad thing. But anyway, uh Dark Side of the Ring episodes we didn't get. I think you're right. Buff Bagwell would be a very interesting one. I think the Hogan scandal, because that's like the sex tape, the oh, racist tangent. Yeah. There's a lot there. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have Hogan on board, I don't know if it's good. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, but I I feel like But I mean if you can get Hogan and Bubba the Love Sponge and you know people from Gawker, like that's yeah. that's a good episode. Well yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be a great episode. Um other than that, I can't really think of any. Yeah, I mean I know those would be good. I'm trying to think of someone that was kinda like had like a weird like run in wrestling. I mean, there's other people I'm sure that are like under the radar that we don't think about. Sure. I mean, there, there could even be an episode on Scott Hall for sure. Yeah. Um, um but I mean, and just, uh, I, I mean, I think now that he's passed, though, it'd probably be in bad taste, but Oh, for sure. It would be. Um, and again, I wouldn't really want kind of like the flare one bothers me because they didn't even get him to talk and they may have offered it to him, but yeah, I think it's important if he's saying, no, that didn't happen, you need someone. I wonder if that whole episode, they just thought that that part would have been under the radar. Like, they didn't even think that was a big deal. I don't know. They reenacted it with actors, though. Oh, that's true. So, I mean, and Dreamer even got, see, and that's another thing. Dreamer got, remember, suspended from Impact Yeah. for his comments. Yeah. And so, when that happens, when it's edited, like, and Jim Ross has said, there were certain things that were edited in a way that he didn't like, because he's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, that's not what I was meaning. When guys are getting suspended from their work by partaking in a documentary, yeah, they're not going to want to do that anymore. Sure, you know, like you're, and I, I, if I was in the business, I'd probably be afraid to do one too. Of course, yeah. right? Because now you're you're getting looked at badly. And here's here's my thought on Dreamer. I don't think he heard the flight attendants' comments or saw the footage. So he might be referring to Ric Flair just walking up the aisle, not cornering the, the right. woman yeah so he's like it's a joke it's a gag and, and right. that's what he's referring to not sure. what he's doing and so when yeah. you mix that to where he's like whether she's like almost in tears saying this is what happened to her and he's like it's a joke yeah yeah it's gonna piss people off oh yeah and that's irresponsible as a filmmaker in absolutely my opinion, yeah you know and i know they said like you know we have a responsibility as filmmakers to tell the truth like i agree but you also have a responsibility to not manipulate the truth. Yes. And I feel like they kind of did that. And I'm not knocking them because I think what they're doing is great. But yeah, that's kind of my thought. Dreamer probably shouldn't have got heat for that, though. No, I agree. Yeah, that was. But that's that's the cancel culture overreaction, yeah. because for those two weeks, everyone was like, F Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. You know, F all these people that did terrible things. And then they forget about it. And move on. Yeah. Um, we got a little bit of toy talk. We say we dive into it. Let's do it. Open the box, it's the part of the show will break your remain do a bit of toy talk. All right, we got a little bit of toy talk here. Big underscore Bane. Um, this is kind of probably not something that's up your alley, but I wanted to share it with you just because I thought it was super, super cool. Hasbro announced a new Sergeant Slaughter action figure in their G.I. Joe classified line. I'm about to show it to you right now. Oh, very nice. What are your thoughts on that, man? It looks great. I think this is an interesting thing considering Mattel still making Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. Um, to me, Slaughter's never been like the most overly popular WWE legend, but he does cross that GI Joe. Yeah. Uh, fandom there. So I think this is awesome. And I think this is a huge deal for Hasbro. Absolutely. It is. I mean, the closest they've got to something like that, I feel like is, and maybe I'm wrong about them developing that, but the Sasha Banks in the, uh, uh, Star, Wars. Star Wars was that Hasbro? I thought it was. All, that is also Hasbro. It's, yeah. it's a similar thing because but she, she's named something different. Well, I mean, Cena had the DC Universe or yep. Multiverse figure as Peacemaker. Yeah, but again, that's that's also a little different because it's part of something. 
Well, and they're playing a character, whereas Sergeant Slaughter is just Sergeant Slaughter. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I think this is awesome. I know, um, I think it's called Action Force did a Sergeant Slaughter figure a while back. And I think you can still get that on Big Bad Toy Store. And it was, the idea was that it was compatible with the G.I. Joe classified. So I'm like, oh, I get why people would want that. Yeah. Now, G.I. Joe's making their own. I think this is huge. Do you think that this will be something? I know all the Joe fans will get it. Yeah. And I think all the wrestling fans will too. That's a that's a big deal. Absolutely it is. And it looks I mean it looks great. What I don't I don't know what the scale was. You said it matched up with something. It'll be the six inch scale. Okay. But I mean they also do a uh they do a retro like three and a three quarter inch scale. Yeah. And they've done slaughter in the past, so I could see that happening again. But cool. Overall I think it's a it's a fun idea. And I think it's great for slaughter. Yeah. most importantly, I think it's good for him. Dude, slaughter's been such a fun like character over the last several years on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, he's a great follow. Yeah, he is. And I think Slaughter, I think I love him now more than I ever did. Iron Sheik is another one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or she's like, man, these guys are awesome. You yeah. know, like give me all the Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. My, I, Iron Sheik is probably my favorite follow on Twitter because there's just so many ways to tell somebody to go fuck themselves. Sure. You and know, he's and, very creative. And I love that about that guy. <laughs> It's it's definitely entertaining, and I yeah. and I think that's what's uh what's good about having these legends on Twitter and like yeah. Sergeant Slaughter. Like every now and then they'll be like, I, I think Scott Toon even like you know I'm trying to talk myself into getting the new Action Force Sergeant Slaughter, and he replied, "Get it, you puke, yeah. and that's an order." And he's like, "Yes, sir." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "That's to me, like that's it's awesome, fantastic." Yeah, because to me, Sergeant Slaughter, it's weird. We uh, in our generation, I don't recall him as a babyface. Yeah, you're right. I remember him as the Iraqi turncoat. Yeah. And then I recall when he kind of became a baby face after that. Yeah. And stuff. But that didn't last long. And then, you know, he's the commissioner, you mm. know, and DX is putting the windshield wipers on their face masks and yeah. stuff. And him taking crazy stunners from Stone Cold. <laughs> Which I'll be honest, I always felt bad for him when he was in the commissioner role. Just because he was getting abused so bad. He was not respected. No, at all. And it's no. like, this is Sergeant Slaughter. How do you guys treat him like crap? How are you disrespecting Sarge? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I, Travis brought this point up, and I hadn't thought about it. He's like, you know, Slaughter now kind of crosses over um, three huge properties because he's had WWE or WWF figures, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And uh, he's had G.I. Joes. Yep. And now he's got, like, the new G.I. Joe, and he's got the classic G.I. Joe. And he's also had a Mattel Masters of the WWE Universe figure. Yeah. I'm like, wow. You yeah. think about it, not many people have had that. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is really cool. So, yeah, I mean, I had heard that there was plans to do a cameo for him in the G.I. Joe movies, and they didn't do it. I think that's a huge miss. And those movies weren't great. I never no. thought. And, and maybe, no. I, and I, I can't, I never watched them, so I can't really say from experience. I watched the first one, and I was like, eh, it's all right. The second just, one with The Rock was like, eh. They never appealed to me. Yeah, they just, I don't know. They just they felt thrown together. Yeah. Like, oh, these aren't that great. Yeah. So, but yeah, Sergeant Slaughter coming soon. I think it's going to be an internet exclusive, so be prepared for that. Um, it is now time to dive into our final round of the 90s Telewar. I'm going to pull up the bracket here. Oh, there it is right there. So uh, our final round was Keenan and Kel and Double Dare. Mm-hmm. And I, I must say, I'm, I'm not shocked, but I am shocked. Double Dare wins 69% to 31%. Did you think it was going to be that big of a shutout? Um. No, but you know, you just you never know how these Twitter polls go, man. I I I think I just I, I find it disappointing that Double Dare won, honestly. Like 
Yeah, but that's the thing is Double Dare. I think it, that's our childhood. Like that's the sh- that's the game show we all remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Um, I just I, I was really pulling for Keenan and Kel. Sure, and I was too. I thought yeah. I actually voted Keenan and Kel. Yeah, purposely I did too. just to see, just to hope that it would win, and it did not. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard with Nickelodeon because there's so many different types of shows. Like yep. we didn't even have Rocco's Modern Life on there. Yeah, such a good show. Ah, Real Monsters. Yeah. All greats, Rugrats. I mean, so many good ones. But uh, it's now time to pick our next tournament. We won't do it right away. It'll be a few weeks. But uh, I'm going to throw it to you, man. You got an idea? So I've been working on a couple of ideas. And I'm just... I'm not sure how well this can do. So let's let's kind of workshop it here. Let's workshop it. Um, My initial thought was the worst MCU movies. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Which I like that idea because most of them are really good. Sure. I do know there are some stinkers though. Oh yeah. Um, I think it kind of depends on what you're into. Yeah. Like for me, all like the Thor movies would make that because well, I'm not a huge Thor that, fan. That was my first thought too. I mean, but I don't think the Ragnarok was amazing though. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, to me, compared to the other ones, it's like. Mm. I, yeah, I just I, I loved Ragnarok. I just did not like the first two. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't like the first two Iron Man either. You didn't like Iron Man one. What? No, I did. I just didn't really care for him. I thought it was great. And, and I when I was trying to think of this, I actually came to the conclusion. I think as far as the MCU MCU movies go, I think I only like the ones with the ensemble casts. OK, I can see that because it's like these guys by themselves are kind of like too much to handle. But like when it's split, I think that's why I like guardians of the galaxy so much because it's a lot more people, it's a lot more people. And so you spend less time with just one character. Do you like, do you like though when um, like Dr. Strange shows up in Spider-Man or things like that? Yes, but I, there's no way I could stand a full, I've never watched the Dr. Strange movie because it just does not appeal to me. It's it's good. I think you'd like it actually. But, um, well, like guardians of the galaxy are in the new Thor movie. Yeah. And I think that's fun. Yeah. That'll be cool. So it's like, oh, that's fun. Like, kind of yeah. like Iron Man was in Captain America's Civil War, which a lot of the other characters were too. But that's yeah. like, oh, that's fun, you know, because more people are in it. So, yeah. No, I get that. I think that's a good idea. I'm, I'm down for that if you are. Yeah. The worst MCU movie. I think I know which one's going to win. First Thor? No. What? Eternals. Oh, see, I see. I haven't even watched that movie to, to know. It's not good. Really? Yeah. No, Is didn't. that pretty much the consensus consensus on that one? I think so. I think it's the worst MCU movie by by a landslide. And I was going to do the worst DCU movie. But obviously, that'd be too hard to pick. Because they're all, a lot of them are so bad, um, which is so funny because I like most of them, but I still recognize that they're all pretty much bad movies. But see, I feel like the best DC movie is right up there with like Thor 2. You know, it's like, it's about, it, it just, it's I don't not know that, about that. It's just not that they're not, it's not that they're bad. It's just, they're not very good. I feel like, I feel like the stories are lacking for sure, but I feel like they do what they're supposed to do as far as being fun. But they're not, they're, they're not that good. I mean, I'm, I know that we're going to kind of argue in a circle here cause you're more of a DC fan and I want them to be good. Yeah. That's why I watch them, but I, I, I can't. Like, well, lot. it's everybody has their own opinions on it. it. Just it's hard. Like even like the worst MCU movie, it furthers a story, right? So it's like at least yeah. Thor two furthers the Infinity Stones, sure, right? And, sure, and adds to that overall. Like, it's a pit stop into what the Avengers is going to be, and all the all the stuff in between. And so 
Yeah, is it the best? No, it's not the best standalone movie, but it's also not offensively bad, whereas yeah. like some of the DC movies are. Which, which ones are offensively bad? Oh, Batman versus Superman is awful. How do you find that offensively bad? It's just not a good movie. Damn. See, I really like that movie. It's not good. Um, Suicide Squad was okay. Wonder Woman was good. I thought Aquaman was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Aquaman was like one of my least favorites. <laughs> I, I mean, again, <laughs> so funny. I, I look at it for what it is. It's like this is there's nothing exciting about this movie. Yeah. Maybe I just like trash movies. I don't know. It could it, be it. Well, and I mean, I think we all like trash movies to a certain yeah. degree. But I don't know. I feel like the, the DC universe, it's like they don't know what they are. True. Marvel, yeah. I felt like they had a game plan from from. Iron Man one. Well, and yeah, the D, the whole DC they're playing catch up, and they're not. The whole DC EU was strictly meant to just like um, you know, kind of respond to the MCU. Well, and then this is also what bothers me. Marvel couldn't do this until recently because they didn't have their own rights. They sold a lot of their own rights. Yeah, DC never did. Right. So they could have done this years. Sure. Years ago, yeah. they never did. Sure. So it's like. They just saw the success that Marvel had and said, damn, why are we not doing this? Right. Yeah. And and now, like, I think the new Pattinson Batman's pretty good. We didn't even talk about that, but they announced the sequel. Yes. With, um, with him and the director. So about that, I didn't really like the Joker. Well, they didn't really show him. I, I watched a deleted scene, though, where he, okay. there was about five minutes of him. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. Not a big fan of him. Not Not really a big fan of that guy the joker i hope they change my mind whenever he pops up again could be um i i liked and uh, no spoilies but like i liked how they portrayed him and it's a, like the way they portrayed him uh as far as the character in general the way they portrayed him they could do that same thing in, in a sequel and hold off until a third one to really have him be the main baddie i i'm a bigger i'm a big believer and i liked how batman begins did it with just a playing card it yes. was just a tease it's all it yes. was and to me, like that was what they needed. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job with the Riddler in this movie. Riddler was so damn good. My brother brought up a good point. He, he, when he was watching, he's like, I was a little disappointed because it wasn't a superhero movie. He's like, it was literally just like a Saul or a Seven type movie. Yeah, that's and true. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. It was like a legit detective movie. Almost, a, a, almost a, a bit of like a like a mob movie too. Yeah. A I, little bit. But I love that about, because I mean, realistically it shouldn't be a superhero movie because Batman is not a superhero. He's a vigilante. Yeah. And so I feel like having it be more of a detective movie makes more sense. And, but his whole complaint was that he felt like it, it could have been a movie without those characters, just two different people. And it could have been a detective and some crazy guy. It didn't have to be Batman and the Riddler. That's true. And I'm like, Oh, that makes, makes perfect sense. What'd you think of Pattinson's version of Bruce Wayne? Uh, I'm okay with it. I, I just, I don't know what they're, where he is at in life because it, it really felt like he was fresh off of the parents' death in this one. Mm. And I don't know exactly where he's at as far as like mentally, like how long have parents been dead in this one? Yeah, I know. Um, I, one of the things I liked about the Nolan Batmans is, when Katie Holmes is in the first one, her character is like, you know, this isn't your mask. This, you know, or your, something about your mask. And he's like, oh, my mask is like, no, this is your mask. Who you're portraying is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You really are Batman. This is like a facade. And yeah. I thought that was a good tell. Like, yeah, it is. He's not this rich playboy doing all this outlandish stuff. He's doing that to draw attention. Yeah. So that you would never connect them to Batman. Yeah. 
so I think like that's how Bruce Wayne needs to be. Yeah. And this didn't really show that to me. So no. I thought it was a good movie for what it was. I did too. Um, if they want to build upon it, that's that's smart. They should, but I, I feel like DC has a hard time building upon it. Yeah, and I, well, I think they do better at Batman movies than anything else. I've sure. always felt like Superman movies are kind of shit. Yeah. Um, I, I've always felt, you know, I've never, we've never really had a Flash movie. I thought Wonder Woman was great. I didn't like Wonder Woman 1984 or whatever the fuck it was. Didn't see it. The new Flash movie is interesting because that actor has gotten into a lot of trouble. Boy, he has, hadn't he? Yeah. He's a... Uh, he, he, like home invasion type shit, like weird shit. You know, it's like, what <laughs> I think the hell are you doing? I think they already filmed it too. And so yeah. they're kind of like nervous to release it due to bad press. And I'm like, yeah, dude, legit broke into somebody's house and demanded for passports and driver's license. What? Like you <laughs> brother, you're a star in a movie. Like what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one to me. I, um, uh, I don't know. I feel bad for them because that's not really something they can control. But I, yeah, I mean, I feel like with Marvel, if uh, I don't know, like, I mean, I know, guess you could do reshoots and put somebody else in there. But you talk about the money that would cost to reshoot all that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like if you heard Chris Hemsworth like did something crazy. But like, we don't hear anything negative about the Marvel people ever. So except for the director, <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> well, yeah, and then Joss Whedon. Well, yeah, but um, but he directed something in. He yeah he directed Superman. Batman no. Superman, right? No, he directed Justice League. Justice League. He took right. it over from Zack Snyder. That's right. And yeah. that was the one everybody shit on. Yes. To be fair, I don't even know if that was his fault. I think that was... I don't even remember what he did. Well, I don't know the specifics. I just don't think it came out like Zack Snyder wanted, but... Oh, that's right. Who the hell knows? So, um, but yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, you do hear bad things, but not like not like this. Yeah, this is like outlandish. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? Uh, that's it. Of course, we want to shout out some of our podcasting buddies like the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, dropping a new show every Sunday. Check them out. And Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Yeah, buddy. Doing the favor with Eric and Barry, dropping sports podcasts, watch alongs, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. The Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric. Um, the Ringside Rant with RJ. The Leisure and Lariats Podcast with the Ruthless Ryan Davidson. And the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. I'm still waiting for that iTunes link to come up. I haven't got it. Hasn't any. popped up yet? Hasn't popped up yet, so hopefully that's coming soon. See, I'm so far behind on podcasts that like I just I haven't even been able to check. So Yeah. Uh, Boot to the Face, Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Kaylin. Yep. And, of course, the twins over there as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew. Trivia with Buds with our pal Ryan Buds. Howlin' with the Wolf with the one and only Jason Wolf. And, of course, don't forget to check out his amazing chop shop if you haven't. Mm -hmm. Pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim over at A Chair Shots. A Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast, as well as our own podcast. You know it's fake, right? Every Monday with me and a special guest. No Holds Barred with Bill Benis, which is currently on sabbatical. That's why Bane's in thank, such chipper thank mood. Thank God. Yeah. And the TB Toycast with me and Travis Fowler every Thursday. And then you can check out all of Bane's music on spotify or apple wherever you get your tunes and i uh, i've seen you throw a couple of teases up there some stuff you're working on yeah so i've actually uh I, I wrote uh wrote the music for a new song uh just need to figure out some lyrics and i actually completed a second song and and um once we get some extra time and we're have a slow news week i can actually play that on here for the people um but yeah i've got about two and a half songs done and i, I just need about three more um, to have everything done and then I could start planning on releasing it. So awesome, man. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Good stuff. Um, if you have a beard or know someone that has a beard, check out outsiders beard, go get you some beard balm, beard oil, make it look sharp. Yeah, buddy. 
And then all of our t-shirts can be found at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, bbph.redbubble.com, watermaneuver.net, search by store for Breaker and Bain's Power Hour, TV Toycast, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, et cetera, et cetera. All these great podcasts have shirt stores, including in the Marbles. They have a new shirt out. Yes, they do. So check that out. Support all the brothers. And uh, that's all I got, man. That's it. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bain's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We'll see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> it ain't over till I say it's over. So lock the cage up, cause this is a takeover. The wait's over. If this the final time we meet, then you'll be on your back at my feet. Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover. I'm super fly, so I can splash off the top. And I can shut down the shop. Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop. And I'm always gonna rise to the top. Champ like the rock. I do not give a fox or let that shit drop. Man, I'm so over. Double pistols. What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can I dig it? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.